everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a very, very big victory over a atrocious Atlanta United 2 side. Uh, we've got our, our typical ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We're talking to Tom Barlow, uh, first-year striker with the club. We're going to preview the match against the Richmond Kickers on Friday. It's dollar hot dog night, guys. You better, better come out for that. Uh, there's some USL news, a couple things that are, are turning around, and uh, we got another player highlight. We're doing it all this week and more. Joining me, as always, we've got Joe Steen from, I was going to say, uh, from Once a Metro Joe, but I feel like I should just say Red Bull News Network. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Happy to be a part of that. We uh we 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 love you, Joe. It's good I to know. have you there. Wow. <laughs> no time for making out though, because we've also got Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. Hello, Anthony. Woo! Also, Red Bull News Network. Yeah, yeah. You'll be uh, uh, poisoning our pages from time to time. <laughs> I'll be, what, what, whatever, whatever, whatever poison you want, really. The counterpoint. We always. I think people really. Um, underestimate the need for a counterpoint even if it's this uh um abrasive abrasive think, obnoxious I, <laughs> I think people i think people underestimate um the the new york american sports perspective sometimes that yeah. i bring to the game yeah that's true you are very much a new york uh a sports fan I, i'll agree with that those of us that have grown up reading the daily news know that for sure. <laughs> salty. Salty is the way that New York fans like it, I would say. Uh, and, of course, we've got Mr. Bill T. NJ himself, Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Also contributing to the Red Bull News Network. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody is contributing. Yeah, we've got it all. Uh, how you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. We actually uh, won a game, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing. I'm doing good. Yeah, heck yeah, that was a, a so fun to watch. I know Anthony's gonna poop all over how bad Atlanta is, <laughs> but that was it's, it's always fun to watch the team that you like just really wallop another team. And Atlanta was absolutely atrocious on the day. The goals though were still really fun. Chris Lima gets his first goal. Hassan and Dom has a, a pretty strike. Ethan Cutler. The def- the defenders have the two nicest goals of the game, maybe. Uh, Armando Moreno gets down on it. Brian White, it, it, Christian Caceres again. It, I mean, look, it, it was everything you want from the offensive perspective. I am a little upset that they did not hold on to the shutout. It was an own goal by Jordan Scarlett, uh, very near to the end of the game. But I mean, this game easily could have been ten nothing, without a doubt. I mean, here's a question: Ethan Cutler's goal, without jumping too far ahead. Why the hell was that not an ESPN top 10 play? I fully agree with that. And like for nothing else, the celebration yep. should have been a top 10. Yeah, top totally. 10. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Although it is weird did- to shush the home fans. But. I actually, yeah. I actually, when he got that ball at the top of the box, I said goal before he even hit it. Cause I was nice. like, all right, he's going to, he's going to crush this in the top corner. And he did. And it was actually really, it was a great shot. It was. And like the angle that they have for, uh, obviously I was not at the game. I was in Delaware on vacation, as everyone knows from last week. Uh, the angle that they they have from that weird tower behind the benches uh, was beautiful. You could just see the lo- the ball was like on a, a perfectly straight line. It's a knuckler, so it's kind of moving a little bit. Uh, beautiful. Just beautiful. 
It should have been a counterpoint to the fact that uh, North Carolina had a not top 10 play on ESPN this weekend. Oh, that was so unlucky. Like, I've never seen that happen ever. How many? I I think they might have. They hit the post like three times when they're like two cleared off the line. It was even the announcers were laughing. Like, that's how like funny it was. (laughs) It was great. If, If you guys have not seen that, I urge you to go watch the highlights. Who were they playing? Nashville? Who was it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I gotta chart that out. Oh man, so ridiculous. Uh, but l- l- let's get back into this thing. So, like, you know, a lot of the questions that we have, we don't really know the answers to still, because when you play a team that uh, really came out so flat, like Atlanta did, you don't necessarily get a great idea of where everybody stands. But this is what they should be doing to the teams that are at the bottom half of the table. They should be crushing them, and that's something that we haven't necessarily seen them do often enough this year they 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 typically been playing down uh to the the opponent's level and so just to have them kind of come out and take care of business the way that they did uh it was reassuring i would say atlanta has no business being in in the uh in the usl right now they should be in d3 with the way they play i mean this isn't even like these goals were it, it. It was like they were playing a junior college team. That's how bad they were. They are uh, young, uh, but yeah, no, I I agree. This was a really poor performance, and I think one of the reasons that a lot of uh, USL fans of independent teams are very soured on MLS two teams because you get performances like this from them from time to time. Uh, I don't think the Red Bulls two have necessarily put like that big of a stinker out. You know, we we've been um, angry with them, like the after the Ottawa game, but I I still think even that performance was better than what we saw from Atlanta uh, this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, Justine. Talk about it. <laughs> Justine was the uh, lone well, representative there, so you should get the most yeah. to say. Um, you could see from the, like three minutes into the game that this was going to be a game that they completely we're going to get outclassed in when, especially, you know, when that corner came in all the way to the back post and mine's barely missed hitting, uh, scoring the first goal and he hit the side of the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I saw some positive things I saw with, again, that midfield for the third straight game has been really, I mean, the thing I really liked was Caceres and Lima really gotten a, they don't really push up too much into those really like high attacking positions in the final third. And even they were getting involved in this whole thing, which is something I haven't seen a lot from them this year. But I saw it and I was like, all right, this is something that maybe they should explore going forward. Because, uh, I mean, Caceres could have easily had two or three goals this game and Lima obviously got his first one. Yeah, I think, you know, what is happening with them is now that they're playing together so much more regularly, they're kind of falling into a nice groove. But they also just have to be careful about when they push and who pushes up. Uh, to make sure that they're leaving sufficient cover behind them, but uh, getting another body in in the uh, the final third and having those late runs or, or guys that can clean up the ball is um, paramount to the way that they run the system because you're you're constantly just trying to create chaos and what's more chaotic than adding another body who's willing to take shots from the top of the box? So uh, I'm glad to see that that uh, at least looks like it's working itself out. Well, there's another thing. I mean, Amanda Moreno, again, uh, probably one of the best players on the field the entire mm-hmm. game. I mean, Fully lucky great. on the goal. Lucky on the goal. But, I mean, I thought he was, as far as creating a constant problem for Atlanta, he was constantly on them. Uh, and even going back to the midfield thing, Andrew Tenari talked about it in the in the postgame when he said that, you know, they're really starting to gel in that midfield, that 
he can always rely on the two of them behind him, you know, so he can, he doesn't, you know, he, he, but he loves the press, but, you know, he said he can rely on the two of them because he knows that if he makes a mistake, they're always behind him to try and clean up that type of stuff now. Right. And that, that's another one of those missing pieces for the last couple of weeks. Amando Moreno, you mentioned him. One goal, one assist, five chances created, led, led the team with chances created. Also led the team in tackles, five tackles uh, or of the offensive players. You know, I, I didn't look at the defensive players for that, so I'll take that back. But still, I mean, that's a heck of a game for the uh, – the. Uh, he's not even really he, – he is a youngster, but he's not exactly a youngster because <laughs> he's been a pro for like five seasons now. Uh, but yeah, no, we're getting some really good stuff out of him. Uh, maybe even worth mentioning him in the conversation when we talk about uh, if Florian Velo is going to be out for a while. Is he someone that they should maybe look at uh, to bring up the first team, or is that like pie in the sky? I think ridiculous? it's a too early for that. Yeah, it's a little too early. I think to to talk about him going up unless they desperately need that kind of depth but i mean you know tchaikovsky is is he still injured or is he just not in favor no he's not he's not injured he's been uh he's just not a starter Uh, kaku davis and and adams are are beating him to that yeah so i i I just think i don't see moreno making the move up unless something's wrong with any of those players i don't know if it would be a bad thing though to try and inject someone like that into you know he gets first he gets time with the first team and again, we you know I don't know if a lot of people expected the, for Velo to do what he did this year. I think playing alongside of those uh, like players around them helped him a lot. So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be a bad idea putting Moreno and bringing Moreno up. Well, and he he does something that I don't think that they're getting from uh, from Danny Royer right now or Alex Muiel or even Etienne when he's been on, which is he's he's really clever about where he lines up. He's willing to make those back post runs, uh, which the first team, I think, you know, kind of gets caught in that sometimes where uh, everybody's trying to, to attack the goal, but they leave the back post. So everybody's making the near post run. Nobody goes to the back post. Right. And uh, that's been Moreno's bread and butter this year. It's just kind of hanging out there and waiting for Jared Stroud to find him. Um, he played on the first team before when he was with the Red Bulls. Only, only like one game. Ago. It was no, it was more than that. I think he left in wow. 2013. Uh, old. He played a single game for them, and it was in the Open Cup. I want to say it was against the Harrisburg City Islanders. Uh, somebody like that. But <laughs> <laughs> you newcomers, they're now known as Penn FC. Yes, that's true. Let's see. Oh, that's um, right. Let's see. Can I find it? Can I find it? No, I'm not going to find it. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Uh, okay, let's talk about man of the match. Who do you got, guys? I'm going uh, with Moreno. I thought he played. I thought that he was quite dynamic in the game. Yep. Okay. Justine? I'm going to throw a curveball and say Christian Caceres. I, uh, I could get behind that. Completed 87.5% of his passes. And had a penalty kick goal and dominated the midfield the entire game. Yeah, so. that, that that was a big part of their game. He was instrumental in the distribution and and sort of organization of the midfield. Bill, who do you got? Uh, I'll say Cutler with that shot. Fair. I, I, that goal was sick. I can't deny it was. that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Moreno. I think that he was the best player on the field. Uh, even though Caceres had a monster game, I think Moreno really provided something that they were missing from 
the opposite wing. Jared Stroud's been been doing so well every time he's on the pitch, uh, but they lose that sometimes on the other side. Be it you know Moreno or when they played uh, White out there, Ethan White. <laughs> um, they uh, they they lose something with those guys where they they tend to feel like more natural attackers going towards goals. So it was nice to see <clears> them play a little bit more of a, a a playmaker role in in the vein of Stroud. So maybe he's learning from. Jerry did actually have another assist in this game. <laughs> yeah. He okay. So uh, that will help us move on to the next thing. Moreno uh, is two goals off of the uh, being you know tied for the lead for the Golden Boot. Jared Stroud is two assists off of being the top playmaker. And the Red Bulls are now leading the USL in goals scored with 36. They have wow. to still, you know, work on that defense. But uh, when their offense is clicking, they they really put quite a few balls in the net. I, I, I still don't feel good about them against teams that will be playoff contenders. And I think that that's the big difference between this year and, like, you know, it's hard to go back to it. But that, that amazing 2016 season was... You felt like they could hang with anyone. Um, and this year, I feel like they're not as good when teams are equal to them or at least give them a, a tough challenge. Look, I mean, we're a week removed from them dropping three goals on Louisville. I think that's pretty darn impressive. But defensively, they couldn't hold up in that game. So yeah. I, I think that I think that on the right day, uh, that their offense can can beat any defense in the league, but I, I still and have major questions about their defense. I don't know about Pittsburgh. Good old Bob Lilly. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. No one in this in the in the history of the USL can beat the defense of Bob Lilly. Uh, nope. Look, I mean, this team did it in the play. I had to be a penalty. Yeah. No, they shootout. didn't. They Which... didn't. They won on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh, by the oh. way, seventeen games played, seven goals conceded. Yep, and they got a game in hand on uh, most teams. Yeah, unreal, unreal. Why is Bob Lilly not an MLS coach? Because this works at this level; it does not work at the MLS level. Because How he thinks know, the Rhinos are going to come uh, back. Because they do try it in the MLS, and his name is Ben Olson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know the funny thing about Ben? Uh, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to get into the Ben Olson conversation because I, I have a lot of nonsense, Ben Olson. Ben Olsen is not entertaining at all, but no. he also is not as bad as people say he is. Uh, I do not agree with, with the way that he approaches games tactically, but uh, uh, no, never mind. I have too much beef with him. Yeah, let's not do person. this now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. A lot of did not plays this week from from guys around the league. Rafi Diaz did not play in the 0-0 draw that Sac Republic had with uh, Real Monarchs. Noah Powder has not been in the 18 for Orange County SC over the last couple games. I've been trying to find out if he's injured and haven't come up with anything, so hopefully there's nothing uh, there. But uh, he did, he wasn't in the 18 for a one nothing win over the Colorado's nah, Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Uh, or a 3 nothing loss to the LA Galaxy 2. Dan Metzger started and played 89 minutes in Penn FC's 3-2 win over Bethlehem Steel. They seem to be taking that series, I believe. 
Junior Flemings, uh, two goals this or sorry, two games this week for Tampa Bay. Did not play in their three-one win over TFC two, but he did play. He started uh, and played ninety minutes in a two-one loss to Louisville, and that one goal for Tampa Bay was Junior's. So congrats, Junior, on scoring. Stefano Bonomo also uh, got his first minutes for Tampa Bay this week in that 3-1 win over uh, TFC2. He played 33 minutes off the bench. Brandon Allen started and played 90 minutes in a 0-0 draw for Nashville against FC Cincinnati. Corey Herzog, uh, he was on the bench but did not play in a 1-0 loss uh, for St. Louis FC to Las Vegas Lights FC. Kyle Rainish did not play in Fresno FC's 4-2 win over the Portland Timbers 2. Pretty Pretty big win for the expansion side, considering the way that uh, Portland was playing. But uh, they are now, uh, they have not won in their last four matches, Portland. So they were really barnstormers for a while now, but uh, something's going on there. Fresno has also really come on strong in this last month. Yeah, yeah, they're doing well. They are 3-2-0 and in their last five games. Uh, Zach Carroll, Anthony's favorite player in the league. He started and played 90 minutes in each of Reno 1868's games this week. A 3-0 win over Salt Lake City. Wow. Very impressive. Uh, a Oh, and he got a yellow card in that match. And a 2-1 win over Seattle Sounders, too. Reno is like 15 or 16 or more games unbeaten. Everybody remembers at the beginning of the season, they, they were at the bottom of the table. Lose, didn't they lose last week? Last no. Weekend? No, they so won. Just, I think they lost recently. Uh-uh. Where's Las Vegas? Are they still around? Las, Las- uh, they're <laughs> hanging in there doing crazy stuff. Bill, are you drunk? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> you sounded a little drunk. Um, the last time that Reno lost, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 15. They're 15 matches unbeaten. The last time they lost was April 14th. April. That's a very well put together team um, in regards to coaching. And like they they don't get enough credit, I think, uh, because they're a little less flashy than some of the other uh, West Coast teams. Thinking in particular of, um, you know, the, the Monarchs and, and Phoenix Rising. But Reno is Reno's a class act team out there. Yeah, fully agree with that. Losing the Open Cup. Yes. Oh, who cares about the Open Cup? cup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Conrad Pleva. These games aren't even on ESPN Plus. Conrad Pleva did not play in either of uh, the Monarchs games this past week. The three nothing loss to eighteen sixty eight, which we mentioned before, and the zero zero draw with Sac Republic that we also mentioned. Speedy Williams started and played 90 minutes for Louisville in their 2-1 win over Tampa Bay and picked up a yellow card in that match. Mike DeFonta and Phoenix Rising were off this weekend. Have they been off, like, every weekend for a while? I feel like they're way behind uh, the game. The last two... No, they had a game in, uh, I want to say, Tuesday. Yeah, they um, did. Friday, June 29th was the last time they played. Uh, oh. Well, yeah, take that. What okay. do you know? <laughs> Close enough, but that uh, that just means they were on last week. Uh, Carl, we met, did not play in Indy Eleven's first match because of, he was uh, serving a one match suspension for a red card. They lost one nothing to Ottawa in that match on Fourth of July, losing to the Canadian team. Tisk tisk. <laughs> uh, uh, but he did start and play ninety minutes in a two one win over Charlotte on the weekend. And Zika Lewis, 
at F8 Hafnarf Yardar uh, did not play in their 2-1 win over Grindavik Grindavik? I don't know. Uh, over the weekend. And they're going to play again on None Thursday. None of us know how to pronounce it. No, that, that's more of like to the world. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to Mr. Tom Barlow, first-year striker for the New York Red Bulls 2. He's got two goals. Not very many appearances, but two goals. Good job, Tom. We'll be right back. back we are joined now uh by first year new york red bulls two strikers tom barlow tom how you doing good how are you guys i think we're doing very well thank you so much for coming on this is uh this is fantastic awesome yeah no thanks for having me so uh talk to us a little bit about you know what it's been like for you so far this year obviously coming to the red bulls uh, it, it could be maybe a little bit jarring in terms of, of the way that they approach the game and, and, uh, the way that, you know, it's very, um, uh, tactically, uh, disciplined in terms of the way you have to press and, and the, the amount of fitness that you need. Uh, what was that adjustment like for you? And, and, um, maybe how, how prepared do you think, uh, you felt once you, uh, came to the team, uh, versus maybe where you thought you had to be? Yeah. Um, no, it's been a, it's been a great transition. I, uh, um, we play, I played a little bit, little different system in college, so there's not as much pressing, but, um, I think they, uh, they saw something in me when they, when they drafted me, the, the way I can run and stuff and, uh, my ability to press, which is, um, which I've been able to transition into pretty easily, but, um, it's been good. I, um, I really like the system, the tactics. I think it fits my style of play. Um, so I feel like I'm fitting in, uh, fitting in pretty well. It's taking a little time to adjust. It's a little different, but I, uh, I enjoy it. And, uh, I think it, it fits me and, um, and the team we're, we're doing pretty well so far. So, uh, it's, it's going good. I like it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the difference in you coming from the PDL, um, and making that leap up to the USL, which is now in its second year being division two, is it, is it a tremendous leap in, um, the level of, uh, talent you're seeing in the opposition? Um, PDL is, uh, the PDL is like obviously mostly uh, college kids and stuff. So, um, I'd say, yeah, there's definitely a difference. Um, just going to the, cause you know, professionals and stuff, but, uh, I wouldn't say it was, it was a huge, like a huge, um, huge, I mean, a huge difference. It's just, I don't know, it's just a different style of play. I definitely think it's a, a little bit more intense and um, definitely fast paced. And uh, there's obviously some adjustments you got to make, but I think the PDL system helped me uh, tremendously uh, with my transition into the uh, USL. What made you choose to go to the University of Wisconsin? Um, honestly, I, uh, I knew a couple, I knew, I knew a couple people up there, uh, at the time. And so when they were recruiting me, um, I had a chance to go up there and visit, visit a few times. And, uh, honestly, I love the, uh, I love the school, the campus, the, the, uh, the soccer team, uh, was, was great. And the coaching staff, uh, was, they were super nice to me. And, um, it was honestly, it was, it was a perfect fit, um, 
and I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. I I uh, really enjoyed my time there. It was great great experience. Now, I I want to ask you about what the team's been like this year. Obviously, you know, with so many young players, everybody's vying for a spot. Uh, there was a little bit of a logjam in terms of uh, the striker role. Uh, now with the departure of Stefano Bonomo, uh, there's a little bit more opportunity there. But is it difficult at all as you're transitioning into you know, this pro level? Uh, not necessarily knowing if you're even going to be in the 18 from week to week uh, because of how many talented players are uh, within the organization. Definitely, yeah. It's um, yeah. Everyone's you know, no one's guaranteed a spot. So you're every day you, you got to go in and um, and your and your place and uh, fight for your position, uh, which makes it fun. Honestly, you know, everyone's competitive, so that's that's a good thing. But um, yeah, it's, I know for me, especially I, I, uh, I came off, I had a little bit of an injury at the beginning too. So I, I was, uh, I wasn't seeing the, the roster. I was being left out of the roster a little bit, which is, which is tough, but it kind of pushes, you know, to work harder because you want to make that 18. And, um, for me, I've been, uh, I've been starting to see the field a little bit more, more towards the end of the game. So I've only started one game, but I'm starting to see, uh, see the field a little bit more, which has been great. Um, but, it's just that you just got to keep pushing. It's a long season, so uh, you never know what's going to happen. You know, people obviously with Bonoma leaving, and there's obviously injuries that happen. So you just kind of always got to be ready and uh, just keep uh, keep pushing, keep earning your position and uh, earning your playing time. So it's been fun. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, you're you're 23 years old now. Um, where where do you see your career going um, in your trajectory? Where would you want to be? Well, right now my goal is to uh, make the first team, so um, I think that would be a, a big step for me, um, especially you know first year in the USL, um, not playing as much as I would you know would like, obviously, but um, just you know continuing to push and, and make that first team and um, just you know help help the team score a bunch of goals. Uh, but yeah, five years I'd like to you know be a starter in, in the league and. Um, you know, and just be that uh, be that guy. Um, you know, like a Bradley Wright Phillips kind of kind of thing. So it's been cool to have him too uh, as part of the uh, part of the team and getting to learn from him a little bit. So, um, but yeah, five years I look like to be a starter first team. You talk about the team a little bit. You guys had a big win um, over uh, Atlanta two last Friday. How big was that after, you know, you guys struggled, seemed to struggle a little bit in the last three games? Yeah, um, it, was, it was good for us, especially a big one like, yeah, 6-1. So, um, and we actually lost to them uh, at the beginning of the season for their, their home opener. So, uh, it was nice to get back at them. Um, but it was also a huge confidence boost because, yeah, we had, I know the game before, we got a little unlucky at Louisville and uh, thought we sh- thought we could have came home with three points and ended up just coming home with one. But, um, it's definitely helping the team um, confidence-wise, and uh, we're just looking to kind of build on it uh, for this this next week uh, against Richmond. But it was big for us, definitely. And what has the focus been uh, coming uh, into this week to, to play against Richmond? Obviously, they're a team that can uh, defend in a block, which has been something that's sometimes problematic for Red Bull teams. Uh they take shots from outside the box, which can be a little bit tricky in terms of the way that that, that you have to defend them. So, you know, what what has John been focusing on with you guys? 
Um, you know, we haven't, honestly, we haven't touched too much into it yet. Uh, it's still a little early in the week, but we have been, we obviously are starting to prep for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, I know we tied them early in the year, so it's another game that, uh, and I think they've been struggling a little bit lately too. So I think it's a game we think we can, we can come out with three points and it's important three points for us too. Um, especially where we are in the standings, but yeah, they're a good team and, uh, they like to sit in that block and, uh, eat the ball. And, but I think, you know, some ways that, that, uh, kind of helps us because we're a pressing team and if we can, uh, you know, strip a ball or two in, the, in their defensive half and, uh, and counter press and create some chances. I think, uh, I think we have a good chance of, uh, coming home, coming out with three points, which, which will be good. Those are all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can move cool. on. We can move on to the lightning round. Uh, are you ready? All right, sounds good. Okay, we we we'll yeah, start sure. easy. Popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey or Crash Bandicoot Trilogy Collection? Ooh. Super Mario. Nice. DC or Marvel? Uh, wait, was that Disney you said? DC. Oh. <clears throat> DC or Marvel? Uh, I yeah. like the Marvel films. Fair, okay. very fair. Okay, uh, yeah, I think you're the only person who's going to be asked <laughs> this on the show. Who is going to win the World Cup? Uh, France, Croatia, or England? Uh, I hope. Uh, I think France. France will take it home. Why is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo the best player in the world? What? <laughs> These are supposed to be one-word answers, Anthony. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the guy—he's a winner, and he—you uh, know—he scores goals, and he's an unbelievable player. And I think uh, I read something today. Actually, I think it—what he played—he had four hundred over four hundred thirty-eight appearances or something, and four hundred fifty goals for Madrid. So. Oh, the guy just wins. I just wanted to get that in there since I just ordered my Juve jersey. Oh, yuck. Uh, <laughs> did you get uh, one? Did you get one, Anthony? <laughs> no, not really. Oh, but I, did, I, I am going to be following him there. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. oh, that's funny. Uh, Fortnite, yes or no? Honestly, I don't play, really. Uh, all my roommates and all the guys on the team, um, they play a lot. And I mean, I feel like everywhere I go, if anyone's got an Xbox, they're always playing Fortnite. But I'm not very good at it, and I do not play. <laughs> okay, last one. <laughs> Who is the least funny uh, Red Bull 2 player that thinks they're funny? That thinks they're funny? Mm-hmm. Are they going to hear this? Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would hope so. Probably. All right, then I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Lucas Stauffer. Ooh. I think that's our first repeat. I think that somebody else called him out. <laughs> yeah, did someone else say that? I think so, but I yeah. can't remember for yeah. sure. They did. I don't remember uh, who it was. I want to say it was Chris Lima, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Lima, oh. <laughs> oh. That's great. Well, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you nothing but the best of luck this, uh, this Friday against Richmond. And uh, when we come back, we're going to preview that game. back for our 
our final segment. We're going to preview the match now against the Richmond Kickers this Friday. Guys, I mentioned at the top of the show, it's dollar hot dog night. Don't embarrass yourself. Well, maybe no. Embarrass yourself. Come out. Eat as many hot dogs as you possibly can. Uh, make it so that we you should have to actually eat. have a hot dog eating contest. That would be great. I would not uh, sponsor that, but if someone wants to take that up, <laughs> please feel free. Hot dog. Oh, rampage! Uh, the rampage. We're calling on you guys. You should have a dollar hot dog hot dog eating contest. Who in the rampage can eat the most hot dogs? Make sure that there are plenty of garbage bags near, uh, in case there are any quote unquote reversals. It is, it is a school, so let's not uh, let's yeah, don't, not mess the place up too much. Don't tarnish the school. <laughs> Throw up in bags. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Richmond Kickers—they are not uh, one of the elite teams in the East. Uh, no matter, they they still managed to uh, put up a spirited draw against the Red Bulls in Richmond a couple of months ago. Uh, they are five nine and two overall. They've got a negative eleven goal differential away from home. They are one five and zero. In their last five games, they are one three and one. They beat Penn FC, lost to Penn FC, FC Cincinnati, North Carolina FC, and drew against Charlotte. Their leaders are Javier Cordovas and Brian Shriver. Each of them have four goals. Brian Shriver is basically the offensive engine of this team. He also has six assists. Uh, so he's he's been having a pretty good season for a team that is not necessarily performing very well. Guys, this is a team that I think is it's okay to describe them as a poor team in the same way that Atlanta can be described as a poor team. They're not Atlanta bad. No, they are not Atlanta bad, but they're not a good <laughs> they're team. They're bad, either. but don't ever compare this team to Atlanta. Well, you know, they've <laughs> they've got a uh, a new head coach that they're kind of you know adapting under. So that that'll be kind of interesting to see how they progress. They won last weekend. Um, they're good defensively. They won yesterday they too. Could, yes. Uh, isn't, oh, it was on Monday. Uh, forgive me. They won on Monday. Uh, That's yes. Yes, they're good defensively. Uh, they can maybe cause some some headaches with the way that they can counter and take shots from outside. But this is another one of those teams that they're at the bottom of the table. There's not really a reason that they shouldn't be able to take care of them. And I want to see another performance like we saw last weekend. I think they should be able to dominate this team. Uh, Anthony, why am I wrong? Why is that not going to happen? Oh, you're asking me why. You're asking me for the contrary point. I mean, I was going to say that I, I think that they should dominate this game. Um there's a lot of experience on the Richmond team. So this is not as easy of a game as the Atlanta one was. Uh, they need to they need to know that there's also a level of physicality with uh, Richmond as mm-hmm. well that sometimes this Red Bull 2 team does not respond well to. But I don't think that should matter. I think they should still win this game because they have a pretty inept offense in Richmond. Okay. Josteen, what what are your thoughts? Is this a a sort of uh, a typical sort of trap game for the Red Bulls, or do you think they'll be able to get another uh, win at home and and maybe build some momentum, get a couple in a row? I think they're going to be able to build some momentum in this game. Uh, The first game they played against them this year, except for uh, Shriver's uh, free kick, which was a really, really nice one, which beat the wall on Loro. uh, Red Red Bull, uh, they really controlled the first they controlled that game completely. Like they probably should have had a couple more goals, but unfortunately it didn't go their way. I think it's going to be another game where they completely control the game. And I think they'll win this game comfortably. Now, should they win and 
uh, win next Wednesday, right? July 18th. Yeah, that Wednesday against, yeah. That would be a perfect homestand. It would help push them up the table some, keep them uh, away from those teams that are sort of biting at their, their heels. I think that would be a, a really important thing. They really need to maximize the points at home with the way that they've been on the road this year. Bill, who is going to be scoring the goals for Red Bulls this weekend? Swami. You have to you have to lead us. <laughs> I'm going to say Ethan Cutler and Brian White. All right. Okay. Ethan Cutler, uh, two weeks in a row, is going to score a goal? Yeah, I think he's on fire now. He, after, after that shot, I think that's going to allow him to score more goals, and I would not be surprised if we saw another goal from him. Okay. He was a forward before um, before yeah. being pushed back to a defender, so maybe, maybe, hint, hint, he shouldn't be a defender. Um, all right. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, maybe. This is like you trying to make Bonomo a defender all the time. Um, okay, let's. I didn't try to make Bonomo a defender. Jesse Marsh did. No, no, I look no. Look where it got him. He just checked. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, let's get predictions. Uh, Joe Seaton, we'll start with you. Two nothing, Red Bulls. Okay, Bill. I'm gonna say two nothing as well, Red Bulls. Anthony. Three for three, two nothing, Red Bull. Two over uh, Richmond. It makes me really want to throw out a contrarian sort of point of view, but I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante. I'm gonna say this is a three one win uh, for the Red Bulls. So t- still two goals, but I think they're gonna give one up still. This is why you're the real troll. <laughs> because you're just being different to be different right now. People can't believe the predict- troll. It's really yeah, Joe cute. is predicting he- another own goal. Here's here's how a troll works, Anthony. A troll inserts himself to make other people fight, not with him uh, necessarily, but but, but with himself. right amongst other people, which is something I do no like to do. Fights amongst other people when I say this, is all fight with me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, but you say things to continue to needle people. <laughs> and all they do is fight me. No one ever fights amongst themselves. Fair, fair. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I should give it a broader definition. But still, I'm not <laughs> trying to make you fight with me by saying that they're going to win three to one. Anthony is Being a real contrarian to no. fight with us so that we fight you. But I didn't give you a contrarian point of view, really. If I said it made me want to do that, but I didn't do it. See, that's how yeah, it works. That, that, is that's you, you don't control when you feel it deep inside. You don't have to do the thing that people expect you to do. That's how you grow and change. And people might. Well, I don't feel it deep inside. I just do it. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the troll. I stop. So myself. this is a troll podcast now instead of the. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's it's like three trolls, and the only person on this podcast that anybody likes it's Bill. Oh, Jostine doesn't get doesn't get hate from anybody. Oh, nobody likes Jostine. Everybody loves Bill, and they oh, hate nobody the rest knows. Of nobody knows I exist. <laughs> it's because Anthony's been Joe's insisting you're a name puppet every week, so yeah. it's hard to hard to tell. Okay, let, let let's let's uh, pull back now. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we uh, have to deal with the fact that Stefano Bonomo is is gone now. Um, Florian Velo, who was on the show uh, a number of times and obviously uh, was having a really great season, uh, tore his ACL this past week. Jesse Marsh left the team. They lost against New York. It's like it, it was a bad week to be a Red Bulls fan. It looks like Maria is also out the door. Blah. So let's let's focus Hopefully on some not. of the good things. Yeah, you know, I, I doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, Anthony, uh, pick us up with some news around the OSL. What's what's happening out there? 
Yeah, well, um, it, while it's not official, it's probably the most official, unofficial thing ever. Um, Hartford City uh, or Hartford or whatever they're going to be called is going to be joining the USL very soon. On uh, Neil Morris's podcast about a month ago, uh, uh, Alec Papadakis um, pretty much said, I'm sorry, not Alec Papadakis, uh, Bill Edwards said it on the podcast that they're pretty much on the verge of announcing them. They still haven't yet. I think they're still ironing out some of the details of where they're going to play, but Hartford is going to be a member of the USL. Now, whether or not they will be an affiliate of NYCFC uh, remains to be seen. Um, covering both teams, I have not really seen much in that would indicate that they would be on the, the level of um, a Red Bull 2, but there might be an affiliation the way we see that they've had with San Antonio over the last few years, which is pretty much nothing at all. Yeah. So Hartford um, will will definitely be a team. And I think that that's something to be very excited about. They're, they're a fun town. They're, they're something to add to the, to the Northeast and potential arrival for um, New York Red Bull too. The SC Whalers. That's what I want. I hope they should be. And, and, and for those yeah, who don't know the Whalers, yeah, for those that don't know um, about the whale, they were they were a uh, an NHL team, but also the the minor league hockey team in Hartford, which is the Hartford Wolfpack to the New York Rangers, changed their name for a while to the Hartford Whalers, and then had to change back because of the backlash to the fact that everybody loved the Hartford Wolfpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, I hope that uh, city can affiliate themselves with them because they desperately need a place to play some of the younger players. Maybe that's part of what. Uh, bringing Torrent will do, but uh, we'll see. Anybody else? Have I don't think Don Torrent even knows what the USL is. Well, that's, yet. Well, that's pretty much <laughs> like that one game was it last season that they had to play up in Hartford. Yeah. Oh, look, they could get Hartford to build a stadium, then affiliate <laughs> themselves with them, then steal the stadium. <laughs> no? All right. There we go. What else you got, Anthony? Uh, anyway, moving on to other US uh, and USL rumor news. Um, there is a, I believe it was Paul Tenorio, I think, that, um, sorry also if you hear these, like, um, motorcycle noises in the background, apparently there's, like, some dirt bike stuff happening out there, I don't know. Um, the, uh, NWSL, the USL may be purchasing or at least operating the NWSL in the coming year or years. There's been some rumors about that floating around. NWSL has been operated by the USSF for quite some time. There's a little bit of, um, I guess, tension between the two for various reasons. Uh, NWSL has also recently, unfortunately, lost their streaming platform because Go90, which is operated by Verizon, has decided to shut it down in the next month. So they either will be moving back to YouTube or if the USL operates it, they'll have the USL production crew behind it and potentially be on ESPN+, Plus, which would be amazing and a big coup for the USL in their seemingly slow domination of U.S. soccer, <laughs> uh, which, which appears to be like a, an evil villain plot at this point that they've been putting through. I wouldn't say necessarily evil, but I think you're right. That would be really great for NWSL to get back onto a streaming platform that they don't necessarily have to worry about going away. I think ESPN plus is doing really well so far. Uh, I wish that they would get some uh, devs working on, on some of the, the bugs and defects that are in it, but uh, the exposure would be really great for them and it would and be good. And, and, pretty good. And it would be good for uh, yeah, them to get away from USSF. 
Yeah, and, and for those that have seen some of the broadcasts on Lifetime, the Lifetime games are fine. The problem is when you watch NWSL on Go90, the production value is a, like takes about a 60% drop in watching those games. And um, they, there's not a lot of uh, Sky Blue games on Lifetime because Sky Blue is literally atrocious this year. I think they only have one win all year long. Um, so when you get to that point, it's like watching USL from uh, the 2015 season. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, anybody have anything else to add? All right. Not, <laughs> Moving not really. on. Well, there you go. Not really. Apparently <laughs> no one else watches the Apparently women's not. game here. Uh, I will very honestly tell you that I do not. I probably should. I do not either. But I don't. And you guys I should. You're so much closer time. to Sky Blue than I am. That's true. But, you know, it's one of those. Uh, I go to Red Bull 2 games. That's, I know that you don't really do that, but. I go to those games, so I it, it's well, another one. Card, it's another one of those things that I have to weigh out. I think once Lizzie and Penny get a little bit older, though, that we'll be going to more Sky Blue games for sure. I'm sure they would love it. Yeah, uh, we've. I mean, going to your sack field is always great. So uh, mm-hmm. we've gotten to see the Rutgers women there so many times, uh, and Lizzie, I think, watches maybe about five percent of the game, but she has a good time. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to close out tonight's show with a player highlight. We're doing another one. Uh, this week, we're talking about Amando Moreno, the man of the moment. He's got seven goals. Uh, like I said, he's two goals off of the um, the pace for, for Golden Boot. Uh, I just want to know what you, what you guys think of him. Let's let's first start with uh, his best qualities. Let's start with you, Bill. I would say his best qualities is that he is not afraid to rush at the goalkeeper like we saw this past game against Atlanta United. Okay, very fair. Uh, Joe Steen. Uh, his ability to take guys on, and I think he's a very creative player. Okay. Anthony? I think his best quality is the fact that he's an interchangeable role player. So he's one of those guys that can be in the midfield and with a striker that drops back can switch positions and really confuse the d- the defense. Yep, I agree with all those things. I would also say he has a great nose for goal. He's very smart about his positioning, and that kind of makes him a goal poacher, which is something that I think is serving him very well so far this season. Now, what are the things he needs to improve on? I will start with you, Anthony, this time. Um, I think he needs to improve on his defensive play. I think that he's got a nose for goal, but sometimes gets caught uh, a little too far upfield when the ball gets turned over. Okay, Justine. I would say his counter pressing needs a little bit work. Uh, yeah, like Anthony said, tracking back a little bit. You know, making sure you know the uh, there's not a two on one situation. Okay, Bill. I'm gonna agree with both of them, and also his passing a little bit. Could yeah, be uh, worked on. Definitely his crossing. I think uh, he's not the worst passer of the ball, uh, but I think whenever it's time for him to send in a cross, um, not necessarily. Not excited about it. I'm also, uh, or I'm also, I also think that uh, sometimes he can tend to drift out of a game in the same way that I think I, I'd mentioned about Ben Mines, uh, where you could foul him out of the game. You're not necessarily fouling Moreno out of a game, but if he's not getting uh, consistent touches, he tends to kind of shut down a little bit. And it's really hard as a player to, to kind of overcome that, but I think that. Uh, if he can, it could turn him into a, a very nice offensive weapon. Now, is he someone who is going to be able to be an MLS starter one day? 
Jostein. Uh yes, I say yes for Red Bulls too. Uh, for action for Red Bulls. Bill. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say over time, yes. Not not right now though. What what would be your uh your timetable for him? I would say maybe next year. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh Anthony. I have doubts because I think that this league is starting to look at players that don't have as many um, issues to deal with. But if he's able to address some of the things that we've talked about, I think that he can beat. If he's six in a readable system, perhaps, but um, it's going it, it, to be difficult with the influx of players that we're seeing from uh, Central and South America. Okay, fair. I agree with all those points. And I'm on the fence whether or not he'll be able to make a transition to the first team, but you know, time will tell. That's all for today, folks. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Sports World. Woo! And I'm at Bill TNJ. <laughs> I am at Jasteen15. I love that woo. Uh, if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. You can also follow the brand new Red Bulls News Network at RB News Network. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all our episodes, which will also be linked to the Red Bulls News Network at RBNN.us. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please find us, rate us, review us. It does help. It means the world. It'll help us uh, show up uh, when people are searching for us. And uh, yeah, we we need that help, guys. Hashtag percent out. You can find us at the BGN.FM, Beautiful Game Network, with shows like the USL Show, Mongols, uh, the Pittsburgh Scholastic Soccer Show, St. Louis Soccer Report, uh, LWSC, Tornado Alley, Six Point Weekend, and so many other great shows. And last but not least, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Anthony Merced, Joe Steen, Bill Toomey, and Tom Barlow, thank you very much, and have a great night.